what is meaningful to you? Because if we can tap into what is meaningful to the person, whether it be their hobbies, their family, their grandchildren, past occupation, therapy should be a time of excitement and something to look forward to and something fun. We do that by relating all of our activities and exercises to the things that they love to do. So if we can show value to our clients in that way, then it's an overall more rewarding experience for everybody. Welcome to FoxCast Physical Therapy, a podcast for clinicians made by clinicians. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Find out more at foxrehab.org. Uh, welcome to FoxCast. I'm your host, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. On the program today, another colleague from Fox Rehabilitation, PT, Andrew Harnish. Andrew, welcome to the program, man. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Andrew, tell the audience a little bit about your role. You are a, a practicing physical therapist, but you do some other things as well with older adults, too. I am. I am a Fox Optimal Living Director of Rehab. And what that means is I oversee our rehabilitation and wellness programming in one of our senior living communities, Chestnut Knoll, which is in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. I am responsible for, you know, the overall health and well-being of essentially every resident in the, in the building and making sure that they're operating at their optimal and highest level of function as possible aging in place successfully, avoiding any kind of adverse medical events along the way. So we got you on the phone today to tell the audience a little bit about ways that people can reduce falls. But Andrew, you're going to take the touch out of it. Five ways to reduce falls without ever touching someone? How are we going to do that? Well, it's a great question. So, uh, you know, as part of my role as a director here is assessing new residents as the day they move in. Really, we want to take a step back from looking at all the impairments a resident may have, looking at them holistically and making sure that uh, we're giving them all the tools they need to be successful and thrive in the community. Falls are just such a major problem with the older adults. About one in four people over the age of 65 are going to fall every single year. The literature shows that once someone moves into a senior living community, that these rates actually are a lot higher because usually these people are more you know, medically acute a lot more comorbidities and have a lot more risk factors at play. So this one we're going to show off and we're going to use our heads and really forward thinking to give you five ways to reduce falls without ever touching someone. Uh, I got the list here. So let's walk the audience through it. First off, it, it can't be this simple, right? Watch them walk. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds simple. You know, as physical therapists, that's such a major part of what we do. And, you know, when we're doing gait analysis and watching how they walk, we can gather so much important information. We can suspect where they might have some weakness or maybe where they have decreased range of motion. Is it overall safe? Someone who's moving into a senior living community has probably had some kind of adverse medical event recently or has been experiencing some functional decline. So a lot of times it's not uncommon that they come to us maybe using uh, no assistive device or maybe just a cane, but really they need a, a walker or some other kind of assistive device. So just getting eyes on them and seeing how they function in their environment, we can gather so much valuable information. Yeah, I like how you let off with this one because when you hear gait analysis as a, as a therapist, typically you're thinking about runners or you know active adults looking to get back to, to jogging or playing a sport, but it's within our scope, it's, it's within our education to assess gait, and you brought it up just a second ago, hey, maybe, maybe if it's assessing the gait to find out if they need an assistive device and they don't have one, or do they need a, a change or an adjustment on appropriate assistive device? 
sure. Yeah. And sometimes it's just those little things, you know, maybe adjusting it a little higher, a little lower can make the world a difference and, and really help prevent a fall. All right. Love that. Uh, that's number one. Moving on to number two, without using our, our hands, without touching, reducing fall risk environment. This one seems important. Yeah. Again, as a FOL director in a building, you know, I try to see how the person's functioning and all the environments are going to be in throughout the day. Of course, the biggest one being their bedroom and the bathroom. So we want to make sure we look at everything. Is their bed too high or too low? Or maybe they need a hospital bed to make transfers a little bit easier. Um, what's their bathroom set up? Do they have grab bars or maybe they need an over-the-toilet commode to raise up the toilet seat and give them, you know, armrests to make it a little easier? Is there proper lighting? Vision changes are so common in the older adults, so we need to make sure we're using objects that have high contrast so people can see them, uh, whether it might be a, a lift into the bathroom or maybe objects that they need to use for their activities of daily living, things of that nature. And then, of course, we want to look at, is there any tripping hazards? The use of throw rugs for any therapist that might be treating out in the home. Is there toys from the grandkids or maybe toys from a a dog or or treats, things of that nature? So we just want to try to remove every hazard that we can in order to set up the person to be as successful as possible. Yeah, I love that. When we talk to uh, other Fox clinicians who might be working in the home, as you mentioned, uh, man, what a, what a great place. What a, what, what a perfect place to actually be assessing not only the human that we get to work with, but also the environment that they're going to inhabit most of the time. Exactly, exactly. To me, there's no better setting than treating the older adult in their home. Because like you said, that is where they're spending the majority of their time. And there are so many other factors at play that we can really see, you know, what is the setup of their, their stairs? Is it steep? Is there a railing only on one side? Their kitchen, is it is it really small and hard to maneuver around? Things of that nature, when you can really dissect how this person's going to function on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. we're really doing everything we can to mitigate as many factors as possible. Love that. So working on the environment there for number two, moving to number three, reviewing the medical chart. This, this seems like a great suggestion. Yeah. You know, you have a, a resident or a client sitting in front of you. Of course, that's not always going to tell the whole story. So by looking at their medical chart, things they've been hospitalized for in the past, what medications they're taking, what other comorbidities they may have, we can gather a lot of information. Um, and from there, we just want to make sure we're, you know, triaging to appropriate providers in order to set up a comprehensive multidisciplinary team of all different types of providers to ensure we're serving, you know, this client as best as possible. Maybe if they've had a recent functional and cognitive decline, they're a great candidate for physical, occupational, and speech therapy. Maybe if they have a neurological condition, maybe like Parkinson's or a history of stroke or dementia, then we need to make sure they're seeing a neurologist ongoing, social workers, psychologists, things of that nature. We just want to make sure that we're letting the experts do their job in their respective fields. I like that. Yeah. Really bringing in, uh, taking a look at the whole human being there and all the different things that might be going on with them and, and, and taking that into consideration when looking to reduce those fall risks. Yep. Now moving to number four, I like this because now we're moving towards the other people in our in our patients' lives, educating caregivers. Yeah, this is a huge one. As clinicians in the field, physical, occupational, and speech therapists, we're experts on the way people move, ensuring that they're safe in their environment, helping them with transfers and ambulation and, and their general mobility. But sometimes for caregivers and care staff that work in the building and help take care of these people, you know, for a new resident, they might be lost on how to properly guard them or how much assistance to provide to really ensure that they're, uh, A, of course, as safe as possible, but B, we want to 
do everything we can to facilitate independence. Uh, there's a, a saying we use in our building and is what you do for me, you take from me. So what that means is we want to allow our residents to do as much as possible on their own for everything. Because once they become dependent on the caregivers to help them, then we see a lot of learned helplessness and can facilitate a, a downward spiral and, a, and an overall functional decline over time. So if caregivers know what the new resident is able to do, then they're able to facilitate that rather than hinder and hold them back. And sometimes that's hard. I love that saying right there, what you do for me, you take away from me. I know that was stressed upon me by several professors in, in, a, in PT school. It can be hard, but when you when you can stop and think and recognize that you're actually doing them uh, a service by letting them do more, it becomes a little easier anyway. It certainly does. We want to try to remove any kind of ageism bias or frailty bias just when we're see, you know sitting with someone that's in front of us because working with the older adult, we've all experienced this at some point. You may have your judgment on what you think someone may be able to do, and then they surprise you and are able to do so much more, which is always a a rewarding experience. I try to be as hands-off as possible at first just to see how they're truly able to function without any assistance at all, and then facilitate and guide them however I can in order to help them. And yeah, mentioning hands-off right there again, and that's what we're doing, up to the number five way to reduce falls risks without ever touching someone. More education, uh, but educating family on the value of exercise and therapy. Yeah, this one can definitely not be understated. A lot of the times people move in and maybe they say, yeah, you know, my mom or dad has had therapy in the past, but they didn't, they didn't really follow through on their home exercise program. And, you know, the literature really does support that. There's unfortunately very poor follow through and carryover of home exercise programs after discharge from therapies. What we did in our building here is launch a program called Family Fitness. What that allows us to do is to set up a home exercise program with the patient and then also sit down with the family and teach them the home exercise program. Because oftentimes we notice maybe a family member might come in and visit and they'll sit and talk and watch TV, but they feel like they have a loss of things to do and ways to engage their loved one. So we use this to try to springboard and teach the family, here's some exercise you can do with them. You know, why don't you be a part of their functional recovery, help them get better. You know, you get some exercise with it. And it seems to be really rewarding and everybody seems to really enjoy this. We've had multiple people where if it was not for this program and receiving the additional help from therapies and the family fitness program, then these people would not have done nearly as well as they did in just traditional outpatient or uh, rehab setting. Just for any family that has not had experience with therapy in the past, you know, everything is brand new to them. So I love having the clean slate because we have so many great services and we provide so much value to all of our clients that, um, you know, we can essentially train them early on and say, you know, this is how it's going to be. This is the culture that we perpetuate in this building and we get them on board and it's been really successful. Trying to change uh, a habit into uh, something you do regularly is way easier when you have the people around you on board and, you know, being a part of that makes it way easier. It certainly does. That's one of the amazing aspects of the Fox Optimal Living Program here is that the partnership between Fox and the building, Chestnut Knoll, is so amazing. You know, we would not be able to be as successful as we are if we didn't have really all employees on board. So that trickles down from, you know, the executive director and all the managers all the way down to the care staff and frontline staff. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we all want what's best for the residents and we want them to have the best quality of life as possible. So 
if everyone is, you know, on the same page and everyone's fighting for the same team, then we see much better outcomes. Uh, all right, there you have it. Your five ways to reduce fall risk without ever touching someone. Andrew, appreciate you going through that list with us. Last part of the show is our tradition here. It's our foxtail. You ready for yours? Sure. What about older adults really drew you in and made you want to make it your career? What, what about that population really excited you? Really just all the knowledge and wisdom that they have to share with us. I take such pleasure in building a positive rapport with my clients, especially early on in the beginning sessions, where what is your life story? What did you do for work? Or where are you from? What have you done over your your life? And what is meaningful to you? Because if we can tap into what is meaningful to the person, whether it be their hobbies, their family, their grandchildren, past occupation, therapy should be a time of excitement and something to look forward to and something fun. We do that by relating all of our activities and exercises and things that they love to do. So if we can show value to our clients in that way, then it's an overall more rewarding experience for everybody. Dr. Andrew Harnish, a Fox Optimal Living Director and a physical therapist with us here at Fox Rehabilitation. Thanks for going through the list with us and uh, appreciate your insight this afternoon. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to FoxCast PT. It's brought to you by Fox Rehabilitation. Fox clinicians work hard, love their work, and get the respect they deserve. Sound good? Then you'll love the autonomy to work in your own style and the support you get to achieve excellence. Plus, freedom and flexibility to have a personal life. Whether it's your first day or you've been around for a while, your contribution is acknowledged and rewarded. That's what makes Fox a success. Happy, well-trained clinicians make great healthcare. Are you a fit for Fox? Find out now at foxrehab.org.